Welcome to the Lisa Fisher Said Podcast. I'm Lisa Fisher, a longtime broadcaster and journalist and now a health coach based in Arkansas who's been in front of a microphone or a camera since the 1980s. I think of myself as the queen of Arkansas media. I started this podcast in 2020 to help you live a better life. I'm doing that with getting you educated on menopause. If you're in your late 30s and beyond, this is the episode for you. Even men need to tune in to hear how they can help their wives and even avoid their own hormone dips. Dr. Deb Matthew is America's happy hormones doctor, and she has all the information. You'll get to meet her right after this. The reports are coming in and they are outstanding for Jess's Chicken, the standalone fast casual chicken restaurant in Little Rock, Arkansas on Rodney Parham at Interstate 430, run by the Bubba's family who brings you David's Burgers and outstanding food with a really good value. One of the reports I just got from a young mom, her husband, two kids, they went there and they said for their, it was, I think it was a drive through meal because you can go and dine in as well. But I remember her saying it was such an affordable option for us. And she goes, we often go if we're kind of in a rush or don't have a lot of time, whatever, to one of the restaurants that has the golden arches. And she said, this was a better value than the restaurant with the golden arches. And it's really quality ingredients. I know that because I am a shopper there. I, I, I consume, I dine. I dine knowing that there are gluten-free options. I dine there knowing there are dairy-free options. There's no cross-contamination. I also know that the sodas are made not with high fructose corn syrup. You need to stay away from that as your health coach. I'm just saying that. But they use real cane sugar and there's ice cream at the end if you'd like it. There's mac and cheese. Oh, I say get the chicken sandwich with the mac and cheese. I get the chicken salad. There's a savory and there's one that's more sweet. And my husband and I get both. He really likes the savory and I kind of like the sweet one. But so many options. Great family. Open six days a week. They take Sundays off to worship with their family. Jess's chicken. 19 pages. That's right. 19 pages of data is what I got from my Dutch test results. That's the dried urine test for comprehensive hormones. I got the test here in Arkansas, but you can get it anywhere you're listening right now because guess what? They can ship it to you. It's compounding at cornerstone.com is the website. And those of you in central Arkansas know about Cornerstone Pharmacy. This is uh, the three-story building at Rodney Parham and Cantrell Road. For those in Arkansas, the rest, it doesn't matter geographically where it is. You can find out what your hormones are doing right now. And I call compounding at cornerstone.com the hormone headquarters of Arkansas because they have the team there who can help kind of ascertain those 19 pages. And Allison Ingram hit it out of the park when she sat down with me and we went through everything. I found out some things I really needed to know, and I only would have found them through the Dutch test. I will say that the saliva test is a little less expensive if you want to go that route, but Y'all, here's the deal. You get 20% off with Lisa at checkout, no matter where you're listening. Even if you go in in Little Rock, walk up and say, I'm buying these tests. Lisa at checkout, you get 20% off compounding at cornerstone.com. She won most talkative in high school, and she has been running her mouth ever since. Welcome to the Lisa Fisher Said Podcast with your host, Lisa Fisher. Okay, folks, this is the life-changing episode that you're going to send to your wife, mother, sister, and even your husband so he can understand more about you. Dr. Deb Matthews is America's happy hormones doctor, so I think we need one in every city. But when did you start realizing, Dr. Deb, that your hormones weren't right, you had to do something, and then you had to get the megaphone to tell everybody, this is how you can be helped? Well, for me, it was actually when I was in my late 30s. But you know, when you're in your late 30s, you're not thinking about menopause or hormones. So I had no idea what was going on with me. What I did know is that I was exhausted all the time. Napping was my favorite thing. Mm -hmm. And I was mm -hmm. so irritable. I was snapping at my kids and just losing it over the stupidest little things. And my poor husband didn't know what the heck to do with me. He started calling from the car on the way home from work. And he could tell by the tone <laughs> of my voice whether it was safe to come home or whether he needed to stop and put on a suit of armor before he walked in the door. And the thing is, it was so confusing because nothing in my medical training helped me understand what was happening to me. 
And what changed everything is my husband came across a book that was written by Suzanne Summers. And you know, yeah. medical doctors, we don't want to get our information from Chrissy <laughs> Snow from Three's Company. Like you remember the thigh master? Yes, and of course, showed, girl. And he showed me this book and I just looked at him and went, you have got to be kidding me. But he looked at me and said, well, honey, we have got to do something. Oh, so I read we. Book. But at least he said we. No, at meaning least he, he wanted to help equip you. Yeah, and thank goodness he's a patient man because he's been through a lot by this point. But when I read that book, I have to tell you, I read about the women in the book who were just like me, all out of whack, and then how much better they felt when they got their hormones back in balance. And it blew my mind. But it allowed me to open my mind and accept there were all these things they just didn't teach us at medical school. And I realized that, well, I already knew I had hypothyroidism. I have Hashimoto's, which is an autoimmune condition. It causes hypothyroidism. And it took me about 10 years to even get that diagnosis. I mean, I had symptoms for a long time. But then I, at this point now, I had been on Synthroid, which is the standard pill, for 10 years already. And that darn pill was making my lab tests look normal, but it wasn't making right. me feel normal. And right. my, I was starting into perimenopause. I had no idea it could start that early, but my female hormones were shifting. And that was what was making me so irritable and anxious and just not myself. So now that I understood the problem, I was able to find help for myself. I got my hormones back in balance. I got my energy back. My kids got their mom back. My husband got his wife back and I got my life back. But I couldn't go back to just writing prescriptions all day long because that just didn't make any sense anymore. So for the last 15 years, I've been helping women and men get their hormones back in balance so that they can get well and get off a lot of those prescription drugs and love the way they feel. So my story is similar in that my late 30s, I kind of fell apart. Um, in fact, I was diagnosed with depression, but my husband would say, he'd say, you're not depressed, but you're the tiredest human I've ever been around. Um, but I had some other things that manifested that because I had some, my vitiligo showed up for the first time, you know, my thyroid antibodies were high. My TSH was always kind of a normal range. Now I'm wondering, my root cause could have been really a perimenopause hormone imbalance that pushed all this to the forefront. Now, you know, starting thyroid hormone treatment obviously changed my life and it put me on a different trajectory that I really care about people and understand because it took me four years to get diagnosed. So props to you that it took 10 years. But now I'm wondering, so these women in their late 30s, I just always assume when they say, I'm tired, constipated, cold, my periods are heavy. I used to always think it was thyroid, but now it might be perimenopause. Yeah, and you know, perimenopause and thyroid are actually related because what's happening in perimenopause, and, and listen, perimenopause is just that time in our lives before we actually hit menopause. We hit menopause sometime usually around 50, 52, you know, there's a lot of variation. But the changes can start even in our late 30s. And it's this whole process, just like it's like puberty in reverse. It happens over a long time. And the first thing that happens is progesterone goes down. And progesterone is one of the female hormones that goes up and down over our menstrual cycle. But progesterone is the calming hormone. And yeah. so when progesterone goes down, but estrogen is still okay, we call that estrogen dominance. And this estrogen dominance actually interferes with how our thyroid functions. So you can be on your, your thyroid replacement pill, you can have your own normal thyroid function, your thyroid function can be maybe a little borderline, but it your thyroid hormone that's going around and around in your bloodstream, it just doesn't work as well when you've got this hormone imbalance because of perimenopause. And so it's really common for women to start to show up with symptoms sort of in this time frame of our lives in our you know late 30s and into our 40s. You're saying then to go ahead and start treating the perimenopause with, I mean, a good place to start would be progesterone replacement, correct? Well, I think the first place to start would be to get your hormones tested. 
because we want to know exactly what's going on. And the younger you are, the more we want to look for the underlying reasons. Because at some point, your ovaries are going to shut down. Your progesterone production Mm -hmm. is going to go down. If you're in your 30s, though, often there are other things that are pushing that to happen faster. And one of the most common things that we see is stress. So when women have a lot of stress, that makes cortisol go up, right? Cortisol is our main stress hormone. And cortisol shuts down progesterone, so it just pushes us into more perimenopausal symptoms. So if you're still in your 30s, sometimes if we can help you to calm down your stress and get your cortisol better, sometimes that progesterone can get better, your symptoms can go away, at least for a bunch of years, eventually it's going to change. So we would like to know what's going on with your hormones in order to really understand the whys behind what's going on. But then yes, Adding natural progesterone can be a game changer for women. When our progesterone is low, we feel we lose that calming hormone. So we often don't sleep soundly. So we wake up at 2 a.m. and at 4 a.m. We get night sweats. Um, Mm -hmm. It causes us to feel anxious. One of the symptoms that I was having is I was waking up in the middle of the night with panic attacks for no apparent reason. Um, And then the irritability. So women describe themselves as feeling impatient and negative and critical and just easily annoyed. And I have Mm -hmm. a theory, totally unscientific theory here, but you know how there's all these Karens out there in the world who are, you know, doing (laughs) crazy, inappropriate things. My theory, if you think about it, they tend to be women in their forties. It looks like when you see them on the news, I think they need a little progesterone to just calm them down and get them (laughs) back to behaving. (laughs) Okay, what are your favorite, what's your battery of tests that you think, you know, let's start in, in the basic level and then all the way to, you know, the mag sure. daddy of testing. Where, where do you want to start with that? Okay, so generally we start by doing an estrogen level and the test that we do is called estradiol because that's the strong estrogen that comes from your ovaries and we want to do a progesterone level. We also want to do um, a hormone called FSH follicle stimulating hormone. And this is a hormone that actually comes from your brain, from your pituitary gland. And it's reflecting whether your brain is feeling like it's still getting a lot of estrogen or not. When your ovaries are starting to notch down as you go towards menopause, that FSH goes up because your brain is recognizing that um, your ovaries are working as well. So FSH. Um, And then we also want to do a testosterone level. And for testosterone, the test we do if we're doing a blood test is called free and total testosterone. So we get the total amount and the free testosterone is the fraction that we can actually feel because testosterone is so, so important for women too. Um, Another one that I look at is DHEAS. And DHEA is a hormone that comes from our adrenal glands, not our ovaries, but it's a really important anti-aging hormone and your body can use it to make a little bit of estrogen and testosterone. So when we're stressed, our adrenal glands get stressed, we don't make as much DHEA, we don't make as much testosterone, we don't feel as good. Um, So that would be kind of a bare minimum um, if we're looking at hormones and it can be done in a blood test. When we do the hormone test is absolutely critical though. For women who are having regular menstrual cycles, your hormone levels are going to change depending on what week you are in your cycle. And so where we're trying to get the test is between ovulation, which is usually about 14 days after the start of your period. So right between ovulation and the first day of your period. So Typically, we say about day 21 of your cycle, which should be kind of right in the middle. And that's when estrogen and progesterone should be at their peak. If you do the test when you're on your period, they're going to be too low. If you do the week after your period, they're going to be too low. If you do it when you ovulate, your estrogen will be sky high. So the timing of this is absolutely critical. And a challenge that women are going to have is when you march yourself into your doctor's office, you know, you're family practice doctor or gynecologist and say, oh, I listened to this podcast and they said, get your hormones <laughs> tested. A lot of times what happens is they, they're told either you're too young to have a hormone problem. That's a frustrating one. Or we don't do that. We don't measure hormones. And the explanation given is because it varies. And so you can't just do it on whatever random Thursday afternoon your doctor's appointment 
happens to land on has to be the right time in your cycle. But, and so because it changes, a lot of doctors don't want to be bothered, but you know, your blood sugar changes based on whether you've eaten or not. And your blood pressure changes, whether you've just been caught in traffic and you're super late for your doctor's appointment. And we still measure it. It's just how we interpret it. So, um, Sometimes just be aware that your family doctor, like your regular doctor, may not be so agreeable to playing along here with us. Um, but that would be my basic test. You want to move on to the Mac Daddy? Yes, yes, yes. Uh, so the Mac Daddy test. Uh, so we can do these hormone levels in a saliva test. That's another yeah. way that we can do it. And mm-hmm. urine testing. So there's a test called Dutch test. It stands for Dried Urine Test of Comprehensive Hormones, Dutch. And this Dutch test is not just looking at the level of the hormones. It's actually looking at how your body processes or metabolizes the hormones. And so we can tell whether you're metabolizing your estrogen down a pathway that actually is reducing your risk for breast cancer or potentially increasing your risk for breast cancer. We can tell how your body processes testosterone. Um, And we can also get a lot of information about how your body detoxes from these hormones, which is an important thing for us to mention. Every day our ovaries make these hormones and every day our liver has to flush the hormones out of the way in order to make way for tomorrow's. And some of us don't do such a good job with that. And if we don't do such a good job with that, what ends up happening is especially the estrogen gets metabolized into these byproducts that are more dangerous kinds of estrogen. They can accumulate too much and you can end up with symptoms. All sorts of menstrual problems, heavy periods, bad PMS, fibroids and fibrocystic breasts and ovarian cysts and all sorts of things. So if we know what's going on with all these different hormones, there's all sorts of natural things that we can do to help balance things out and metabolize things in a more effective way. So it gives us some really interesting information, but it's not something that your gynecologist or your primary care doctor will have available. So you just have to do an internet search, who around me, (laughs) who around me does Dutch testing and reads the results or who around, I mean, you you have to kind of be a detective. I mean, and that's what we all need to be, our advocates for our own health. That's right. A good way to start. A good way to start is a, a, I mean, hell hath no fury, like a postmenopausal woman who isn't taking bioidentical estradiol. I mean, I can just tell you that, that it, it is, it's, it's a rough patch. So those of us who are postmenopausal, when, the, so it doesn't matter when in the month, I haven't done the Dutch test right. yet. I've done saliva yes. and obviously when in the month yeah. would I do that? Yeah. When you're postmenopausal and you're not having a period anymore, you just do it whatever day is convenient for you. It doesn't matter okay. anymore. Once your periods have stopped, you can do it anytime. Yeah. Because my ovaries, they, they've hung up their hat. They're done. Yeah. And they don't produce anything once you're postmenopausal, right? I mean, no eggs, no no yeah. hormones. Yeah. No, no more eggs, and just a trickle. Yeah. It really shuts down. And the tr- the confusing part for right before you hit menopause, we sort of talk about your ovaries as being like a bad employee. You never know whether they're going to show up for work. Even if they show up, you never know if they're going to yes. do a good job or not. They're just totally unreliable. And then finally they quit. And then you're in menopause. And then Okay, so for then the women who have had surgical menopause through um, ovaries removed or uterus removed, they, and sometimes they're running to have that done when if they had the right provider, they could maybe prevented that, you know, which it's too late. Sometimes it's just too late. They're in the same situation where it's any time of the month they can just get any of these tests done to see what they're doing at that time, right? This is a really important point because it depends. If you had a hysterectomy and they took your ovaries, both of your ovaries, well, then you're full on menopause. You know, you can have it done at any point. And you're more likely to have more symptoms if they took your ovaries than if somebody went through menopause naturally. But sometimes women have their uterus removed, but their ovaries are still there. And so now your hormones are still doing whatever it is that they're doing, probably not the right thing, because that's probably what caused you to need the hysterectomy in the first place. But now you don't have a period. So you don't know, have you gone through menopause yet? Would you still have been having a period if you had your uterus? Very confusing. And we, if you still have your ovaries and they're still doing something, we would want to get it at day 19 or day 21 of your menstrual cycle. But there's no way for us to know when that is. So it gets a lot trickier. And it's, again, really important to work with a provider who's going to help sort these things out because we can't put all of our ducks 
you know, all of our um, eggs in one basket when we're, whatever the right cliche is here, when we're looking at right. your lab tests, we have to put it into context of, does it fit with your symptoms? Do we think we caught it at the right time of the month? It's it's a little bit tricky. Yeah, it, it really is. And it's very bio-individual, so very subjective. I mean, what works for me won't work for you or somebody else. And that, I think, is the hard part for women. So let's go back in time um, to that terrible, I mean, really erroneous study from WHI, the Women's Health Initiative, that kind of put a big, cold, wet bucket on every woman who was going through menopause, and they've been suffering ever since. So take us back in time and and talk to us about that. Let me take you a little tiny bit farther back. When I was in medical school in the 90s, we were taught that all women should go on hormone replacement therapy when they go through menopause because it's going to protect our heart and our brain and our bones. And we had mountains of research to show all the wonderful benefits that we get from hormones. And then this study came out in in, um, 2002, and it was supposed to prove beyond a shadow of a doubt that hormones are the greatest thing since sliced bread. But Instead, what happened is they found that there was an increase in the risk for breast cancer. And oh my goodness, everybody, the gynecologist phones are ringing off the hook. Women are terrified of being on hormones. Now doctors are terrified of hormones because we think, oh my gosh, we thought we were doing a good thing, but it was a bad thing. And doctors were telling their patients, don't go on hormones. It's going to kill you. You're going to get breast cancer. It was a big mess. What we know, that was 20 years ago. We've had lots of years to kind of really dive into this and understand. What we know is in that study, there were two groups of women. One group of women had had a hysterectomy like we talked about. They were given Premarin, which is estrogen from horses. So it's not bioidentical, meaning it's it's natural for a horse, but it's not natural for a woman. I mean, it's from right. nature, but it's not natural for human women. Um, In that arm of the study, the women who just got the estrogen, they did not have an increase in the risk for breast cancer. There was no increase in the risk for breast cancer. There was less hip fractures. There was less colon cancer, um, you know, but no increase in the risk for breast cancer. There was an increase in the risk for blood clots. And of course, a blood clot in your heart would be a heart attack or a blood clot in your brain would be a stroke. So that's bad. But we know any kind of estrogen pill, whether it's birth control pills or hormone replacement, we know that that's a side effect of estrogen as a pill. And we have lots of ways we can give it to you that's not a pill, creams and patches and all sorts of things. But this was a pill. The other group of women in the study were women who um, still had their uterus. So they were given the same estrogen pill and they were given a pill of progesterone in order to protect the uterine lining from the effects of estrogen because it can cause bleeding and could promote uterine cancer. The problem is we didn't give women progesterone. We gave them a synthetic chemical to mimic progesterone and it was called medroxyprogesterone acetate. It's a chemical that's never found in women's bodies, but that's what was available. That was the thing that was readily used, and that's why they used it. And that is what was increasing the risk for breast cancer. And to be really honest, it was just a tiny little increase in the risk. They made it sound like women were dropping in droves, but it was a very tiny increase. And when we really crunched the numbers, even if you were put on that synthetic hormone replacement therapy, you were still less likely to die than women who were on no hormones at all. But the media just ran with it and everyone got so scared. What we know today is that if we give you the bioidentical form of progesterone, the natural form of progesterone that your ovaries used to make, at least in theory, your body can't tell whether it came from your ovaries or from the pharmacy, that kind of progesterone does not increase the risk for breast cancer. So we can give you the benefits of the hormones, keeps your bones stronger, helps protect you from heart disease, keeps your brain sharp. So you can remember why you walked in the room and that word that you want to say. And so that you don't pee your pants when you cough and sneeze and sex doesn't hurt. (laughs) Mm. And, you know, your mood is good and you can sleep like all these really wonderful things that hormones do for us. And we don't have to live in fear of breast cancer. Boy, that was the biggest, the sky is falling of anything that I know of in my lifetime, just because I'm dealing with it now. And I'm a health coach, so I have women who are reticent, even if they've been through breast cancer treatment and hysterectomy. It's getting the oncologist on board to see that these are safe and effective ways to replace our hormones. When, When can, how can we convince oncologist then because i 
I feel like a gynecologist and nurse practitioners, anybody who's dealing in women's health, are coming on board going, yeah, let's get you some bioidentical hormone replacement therapy. But the oncologists are still over there in 2002. Yeah. Well, so there's sort of all different scenarios. One of the things that I feel really strongly about is there are women whose mother had breast cancer and just their mother, like not like in some families, it's their mother, all their aunts, their grandma, you know, very uh-huh. strong family history. But if it's uh-huh. just your mother, these women are told you can't have hormone replacement therapy because of your risk for breast cancer. That is not valid. Um, and those women are being deprived of the benefits. If a woman herself has had a personal history of breast cancer, that's a different story. And at least the powers that be would recommend waiting five years out from the diagnosis before considering hormone replacement therapy. But really, most doctors would tell you never to have hormone replacement therapy. And there are ways that we can kind of do things where... For example, testosterone gives us a lot of benefits to our bones and urinary tract health and our skin and our mood and sleep and all sorts of things. And especially when women are put on anastrozole, which is an estrogen blocking drug that puts gives them all the menopausal symptoms and they feel terrible when they're being treated with this medicine, but they could potentially be given testosterone. It got it's, it testosterone can make them feel better. Now, testosterone can convert into estrogen and estrogen is the one that, you know, could make estrogen sensitive cancer cells grow. But if they're already on that estrogen blocking drug, it's going to prevent that conversion. So for the women who are on drugs like anastrozole that block estrogen, we could give them testosterone to really help them feel a lot better. And I've actually had not bad results at when I request you know, from the oncologists or make this suggestion, I'm finding more and more the oncologists are sort of going along with it and saying that it's okay. I'm not finding that they're saying that women who have had breast cancer are perfectly fine to go on hormone replacement therapy with estrogen, although they are generally okay with us giving estrogen vaginally to help with the dryness and the urinary symptoms. Well, let's go over then. Um, so late 30s, you said some of the symptoms that uh, now I know I had were irritability. You know, again, too, I was thinking of my life at that time. I was getting up at 345 to do a radio show. I had three kids. I was homeschooling. All you know, all the things that we're all doing. I, I was not unique. So, you know, we all chalk that up to it's just my season in life. So, it, it, so you're saying you think progesterone is kind of the first little trickle that we could start even if we're still cycling every month? Yes. So I would even argue that cortisol would be one that we should think about even sooner because cortisol, which is the stress hormone, that could be at any age. I mean, we see children who have problems with cortisol. And so when when women are having symptoms, uh, even if the symptom fits with low progesterone, the younger they are, the more likely that if we can help deal with stress, that the progesterone will just normalize itself without having to give them progesterone. But in terms of what to give somebody, the first hormone that we typically think about is progesterone. And when progesterone drops, heavier periods, more PMS, night sweats, especially right before their period, the irritability, like all the emotional mood changes, the anxiety, um, the sleeplessness. And the clue here that this is a hormone thing is that it's cyclic. So it tends to be worse the week before your period. And then you get on your period and you start to feel better. The week after your period, that's the good week. That's the week where you're chopping your broccoli and you're cleaning out the closets and you're going to the gym and then it starts to go downhill again. So if you like, if you want to stab your husband in the back the week before your period and you think he's a great guy the week after your period, it's not him. (laughs) Okay. Okay. So when homicide, I remember thinking homicide's not so bad a deal because you're just mad. But I was mad at everybody. And then you do, you, you come down and then yeah. there are lilies blooming again. And it, I smell peonies yeah. and life is good for about a week. And, and you think back to how you were behaving the last week and how you were all upset over something or other. And you think, oh my gosh, what the heck was I even thinking? Yeah. <laughs> but and, so, and food desires. I mean, everything, cha- well, everything oh. changes. Yes, the cravings are insane. 
Yeah. And, and there are real hormone reasons for why these things are happening to us. And if it, if you have a regular cycle and you have, you know, a bad week and then it gets better when you're on your period, most women are able to put two and two together and recognize that it's their hormones. They may not know that there's things that we can do to make it better, uh, but at least they understand that, uh, you know, this is a hormonal thing. It gets trickier as we get into our forties, often our periods aren't as regular or the symptoms really last longer. So it's not just a few days before your period. It, it gets less mm-hmm. obvious. And especially then when we get towards menopause, um, lots of things happen that women don't necessarily recognize are hormonal. If you're having hot flashes, generally women will recognize, okay, well, that's my hormones messing up. If their periods are changing, you know, if you start missing periods or your periods get really scanty, you recognize that that's menopause is, you know, sort of on its way. But what about if your brain's not working? You can't remember why you walked in the room and you got like sticky notes for your sticky notes. Mm -hmm. And um, you can't remember that word you want to say in that person's name. You're not Mm -hmm. sleeping, you're irritable. And a lot of women just feel flat, like just kind of blah. Mm -hmm. And We put one foot in front of the other and we make our way through our day. And if something has to happen today, we'll make sure it happens. But if it doesn't have to happen today, a lot of times we just sort of procrastinate, push it to the side because we don't really feel like it. I see your spring cleaning list right there. And in your spring cleaning list, you have a spring dream list of thinking, I got to get this carpet ripped up. I got a guy who can help, a guy and a girl and a few other people. It's Akles Carpet One, AklesCarpetOne.com. You can go to their website right now. And in Arkansas, people know them because these are the people that beat the big box door prices. Wait, what? <laughs> yes, it's true. Follow my social media, at Lisa Fisher said on Instagram or even my Facebook page because I go out there to one of the stores, usually about once a month, and I show you the inventory. And I'm telling you, this new store on Maumelle Boulevard in technically North Little Rock, it's as nice or as complete as one of the Dallas showrooms. I know that because one of their customers said that. And I know that my designer and I go there. We've done some videos there. We walk through. And if Larry is happy, then everybody should be happy. I'm telling you, the selection is so impressive and the customer service is so good. They will do everything they can to make sure that they get the sale, that you then are happy about it and you're a repeat customer. That's what happens. You become family. And you know, it's the Akel family there. So check them out online. Go see them. Three stores, AkelsCarpetOne.com. Hey friends, just a quick little interruption as you're learning on the Lisa Fisher Said podcast, and that is you can learn more. You can learn more about intermittent fasting if you go to my website, lisafishersaid.com slash academy. I just dropped an online course to take you through kind of A to Z of intermittent fasting. Even if you've done it in the past or you're not really, don't feel like you have your PhD in it, this is a great way to access the knowledge that I've learned because everything I present to you is scientific. That's right. You can start learning about fasting and in 28 days, you can master the course and be on your way to a life free of many of the conditions that we talk about when you're metabolically unfit. Link is in the show notes, but it's lisafishersaid.com slash academy. And when you go to your doctor to say, I don't feel normal, like something's wrong. This isn't me. When we try to put it into words, we end up getting diagnosed with depression or anxiety. And we get another prescription for, you know, the sleeping pills or the antidepressants. And the problem is those pills aren't fixing the right problem. So maybe for some women, they feel a little better, but it doesn't fix them all the way. It's not really making them truly well. And there really is another solution. When you mentioned the irregular periods, I remember my nurse practitioner telling me there comes a time in a woman's life that she can't wear white pants anymore because she said that could be the day that you have the period from hell and you hadn't menstruated in months or Yeah, you're not prepared and it just happened. So I've never forgotten that. Um, I remember in the beginning too, for me, so we're about... I'm about 20 years out from when I started, things were really wonky. And that was 
we would go to like Whole Foods and get yam, some type of, am I making yeah. sense here? No, no, yam cream, yeah. Yeah, yam cream. What? Why was I taking, or why was I, I remember if it was even transdermal or if I took a pill, yeah. I don't remember. So that's progesterone. We can use wild yam and soy and we can extract a molecule that we can u- turn into um, progesterone. So a lot of the creams, like progesterone creams, come from wild yam and from soy, but there has to actually be progesterone in the cream. Like you can't just smear yams on your skin and make it work. So you got to <laughs> okay. read on the label, um, but that that would have been progesterone cream. And it's, it is, it's calming. It helps your periods to not be so heavy. Um, it can be helpful. It is available over the counter. We can also use natural progesterone in a capsule. So there's all kinds of synthetic ones. They're called progestins. They're in birth control pills. There's all kinds of them. But the natural one is available also in a capsule. And sometimes we actually like the capsule better because when you swallow it, it crosses to your brain more than the topical does. And so if you're irritable and anxious and you're not sleeping and you're having night sweats, sometimes the capsule form can have better resolution of your symptoms, as opposed to if the main problem is you're having really heavy, horrible periods, then sometimes using progesterone cream vaginally gets gets right to your uterine lining and can help better. So there's different nuances for how we can use the progesterone based on your symptoms and and how you feel because as an advocate for the thyroid that beloved butterfly shaped gland right here um i stayed away from all i stay away from all soy products at completely so is that possible then yeah it doesn't have any soy left in it the molecule is just extracted from the soy plant so it doesn't interfere with your thyroid or if you have a soy allergy it's okay soy allergy yeah Okay. Um, Then why, what is the thinking of providers giving women 50 years old birth control pills when they're approaching menopause? Oh, that's such a good question. I'm so glad you asked that. Um, Birth control pills are synthetic hormones that are quite a bit stronger than hormone replacement therapy. But as medical doctors, what we are trained to do in medical school is right prescriptions. We're we're used to using medicines in order to try to fix you. And so we are trained to use birth control pills as the fix for whatever hormonal issue you have. So if you're a teenager and you're having, you know, PMS or irregular periods, or if you're a 50 year old woman going through the same thing backwards, we use birth control pills. And a lot of doctors will tell their women, just stay on the birth control pills until, you know, it seems all over so that you can just kind of miss all the drama of going through menopause. But, and there's like a big old but here, is these are synthetic chemicals. They are not natural hormones. So they're not replacing or augmenting your natural hormones. They are shutting off your hormones and being replaced with these synthetic chemicals. And the progestin, the synthetic progestin in the birth control pills, that's the one that's been linked to the increase in the risk for breast cancer. Now, teeny risk, um, that's, you know, not the primary concern, but these are the, and there's all different versions of it. And even maybe more importantly is the estrogen, which is a synthetic chemical. It's not, you know, the true estrogen in our bodies increases our risk for a blood clot. So if you're 19 years old and you need birth control, the risk for your for you to have a blood clot is so low that even if it's raised a little bit, it's still really, really unlikely. But when you're a 50-year-old woman, like you might get a blood clot. And why? There are other ways that we can help you that don't have that same risk, um, you know, using hormones topically. And often, often when women are in their 40s and their 50s and they're having a lot of symptoms, estrogen's not really the problem. It's the lack of progesterone. So if we can just give the natural progesterone, we can make you feel so much better. Then you don't need the birth control pills. We don't have the blood clot risk. Um, It's a much more natural way of solving the issue. And it just makes so much more sense. But it's not how we were trained in medical school. I hate that. I would say of the trifecta for me, the I've got my testosterone on the counter here that um, transdermal, my progesterone and my estradiol pellet of the trifecta. Progesterone was the one that put my feet back on the ground where I could I could start being an adult and not hating everybody. And yeah. and it's the waking up at 3 a.m. 
wide awake, as if there'd been an explosion in your home, wide awake for hours, that has all been eradicated. And I know that estrogen, testosterone, and all that has yeah. something to do with it. So that that's, to me, the magic pill in all this. Yeah. But could maybe let's talk about testosterone for just a second, because we haven't okay. really touched yeah. on it. Is that okay? Okay. Oh, yeah. Oh, in- yeah. So estrogen typically drops, you know, around 50, 52, somewhere in that general time frame. But progesterone drops way earlier and testosterone kind of lands somewhere in the middle. And testosterone is really important for everything to do with sex, like thinking about it, caring about it in the first place, becoming aroused, having an orgasm, like all of that just kind of goes away if testosterone is down. It's also really important for maintaining our muscle strength and our bone strength. Mm -hmm. So you know, none of us want to be one of those frail little old ladies who doesn't even have the strength to stand up out of the chair. And testosterone is what keeps us strong. Um, So what I hear a lot of women complain about is, you know, they're going to the gym and they're trying to exercise, but they're not seeing the benefit. And our muscles drive our metabolic rate. So naturally with age, we lose muscle mass. And then if testosterone is low, we just lose more. So our metabolism slows down and then we're gaining weight. And, you know, especially right on our midsection, which is so frustrating. And estrogen is the one that gives us a waste. And so when we lose our estrogen, then we just get straight, you know, the, the, but the apple shape just around the belly that just drives us all so bananas, but that's a very common thing. So testosterone is important for our metabolism, but these hormones are so important for who we are on the inside, how we feel, how we react to other people, how we relate to the world around us. And testosterone, like estrogen is like a natural antidepressant. Progesterone is like a natural anti-anxiety, but testosterone, it's a mood stabilizer. It's our confidence, motivation, get up and go, get things done. It's our self-esteem and decisiveness. So without testosterone, we tend to worry and we can't make up our mind about things and we second guess ourselves and we don't feel good about ourselves and we don't feel like doing things and we don't feel like going to meet our friends for lunch or, you know, we just feel like sitting at home. And so... Again, if you're having hot flashes or if your periods are changing, women kind of get this is a hormone thing. But if you're gaining belly fat and you've lost interest in sex and you just don't really feel like doing things like that's not obvious that it's your hormones, but the hormones can just transform things. And it makes me feel so sad that so many women, first of all, have no idea. So they're not getting the right help. And then when they do go ask about it, the doctors are telling them, no, 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 it's going to cause breast cancer. And so, so many women are suffering unnecessarily. You don't have to feel this way. I also think too, that's kind of the martyr philosophy that we women have that we suffered all, you know, childbirth wasn't a walk in the park. Nursing those babies was difficult. You know, all the things we've done, it, right. it only women can do them because <laughs> we were wired to do it. So that's why I, I wonder sometimes these women who go, no, I'm not, I'm not going to take even bioidentical hormone replacement therapy, or I don't want to. I right. think why? Because this could really simplify your life. I mean, I don't yes. understand. So what, what's the philosophy then in some women who go, no, I'm just going to pass on that? Yeah, uh, these are such good questions. Um, you know, the idea is that this is natural, right? Like our bodies, our ovaries stop making hormones. Yeah. It was intended for us to be this way. But the problem is when we stop making hormones, our bodies deteriorate until we die. Like we're just going downhill from there. And an yeah. analogy, one of my colleagues, he's a gynecologist in Nashville, um, Dr. Monaco, he He describes it this way. As we get older, our eyesight is not as good, right? You have to like hold it farther away and and we need reading glasses. Mm -hmm. But Mm -hmm. when our eyesight changes, we don't say, oh, I'm sorry, this is just a natural part of aging. You're just going to have to stop reading. What we do is we get you glasses. And every year you go back and you get your eyes checked and your glasses change as necessary so that you can still carry on and be a fulfilling, you know, purposeful member of society. And so, yes, hormones change, but we used to die shortly after menopause. I mean, we weren't long lived um, way, way back in the day. And now we have like our second half of life ahead of us. We were productive. We still have purpose and meaning. And, you know, we want to be there for our grandchildren and we want to be able to get on the floor and bake cookies with them. And so 
Um, I understand that it's natural that this happens, but that doesn't mean that we have to put up with all of the negative impacts of aging um, because there's things that we can do that just, you know, make such a big difference. I had the opportunity to meet Oprah. And when I met Oprah, I told her that, you know, I'm a doctor, I, I prescribe bioidentical hormones. And in 2009, when she was going through menopause, she did a whole series of shows about bioidentical hormones to empower women. And my phone rang off the hook from all these women that were watching Oprah. And so I was just sharing my story with her. And what she told me is that she is still on her bioidentical hormones. She feels better than ever. And she feels so sorry for all these women out there who are so scared of hormones because they're missing out. And, and so she's still trying to spread the news that we deserve to have balanced hormones. I love that. So when I'm at the retirement village and, you know, I'm going to have my little posse there and I, I'll be playing, you know, pickleball. No, I guess it'd be too hard to do that. Shuffleboard um, and canasta. Um, am I still going to be taking these bioidentical hormones in my 90s? I love all your questions. Okay. Bioidentical hormones, hormone replacement therapy is always optional. So if you decide to be on it now and next week you decide you don't want to do it anymore, so you stop it and, you know, the aging process will pick up, but, but you can stop it anytime you want. Having said that, if you're feeling good and the hormones are benefiting you, there's no need to stop them. Okay. And the powers that be have a different story. The, the general physicians say that you should be on the, the smallest dose for the shortest time possible and then get off. And the reason why they're saying that is because they're prescribing the synthetic ones that have at least that small increase in the risk for breast cancer. But in, gosh, several years ago now, they changed the policy statement. And now what they say is if there is benefit for women, there's no science to say that you have to stop them. So if you're getting benefit, you can stay on the hormones as long as you like. Now, do you really need to stay on your hormones till you're 99 and a half? You know, maybe not. Um, but if, if you're feeling good and they're helping you, it's okay to stick with them. What's your philosophy then? Uh, you know, sometimes with supplements, health coaches and stuff, we don't obviously, uh, diagnose, but we do just talk to people about things. Yeah. We talk about taking drug holidays or taking a few days off, like of your, whatever your, you know, whatever magnesium, yeah. I can't go with that magnesium, but whatever it is, do we? There was a time when I was, when I first started taking progesterone, I took five days off to mimic like when my period was, but I don't do that now. I'm, you know, every 365 days of the year. Is yeah. that a good approach? You know, this is really controversial and I don't think anybody really completely knows the right answer. Typically we, when, when women are closer to, you know, the perimenopausal time or when they're still premenopausal. We have them stop the progesterone while they're on their period. And then when you're early into menopause, we, we often do that too. And even for us, depending on how we're giving women the hormones, sometimes it's easy to stop them and sometimes it's not. Like you can't stop your estrogen pellet, right? I mean, it's in there. So, right. so that's not one that we can cycle. But it's still, the, the pellet kind of wears off and then you get a new pellet. So there's still a little bit of a change. So for us, we still often recommend that women take a few days off each calendar month from their hormones, just to kind of let the hormone receptors reset, give them a little break. Yeah. We're not really sure how important it is, but there is some research that suggests that that up and down of the hormones that naturally happens with our menstrual cycle, that when the hormones drop, that, that drop in hormones may cause cancer cells to die. So if there's lurking cancer cells somewhere, that might just kind of knock them to their knees. So this is not sort of definitively proven that stopping your hormones makes a big difference, but we sort of feel like, well, until we figure it out one way or another, seems like a prudent thing to do. So I don't feel strongly, some women feel crappy if we make them stop their hormones for five days. Um, yeah. So we do it a little bit on an individual basis. What do you do for yourself? Um, I do stop the progesterone. You do? Okay. Yeah. And since I don't have a cycle, I could just grab five days in a month, you know? Yeah. We, we typically tell people to take their, for people, you know, that are menopausal and it doesn't matter when they do it. We tell them to do the hormones days one through 26 of the calendar and then skip the 27th, 28th, et cetera, et cetera, and fire it back up again on the first of the next month, just because it's easy to remember. Um, okay. That's a good way so. to do it. Yeah. Yeah. I might try that. I mean, I, I don't, 
I, I do want my hormone receptors to be active and vibrant. So I, if I need yeah. to give them a break, then if they need uh, to know, take a progesterone know. holiday. Yeah. I don't know that it'll make a difference, but you know, until we figure it out, you know, no big deal to do it. So might as well. Well, I guess for me, the barometer would be if I started even in the five day, because what's, the, okay, what's the half-life of my bioidentical hormone replacement, my progesterone? It's very short. It's very short. Oh, okay. If you okay. get the progesterone, so there's two different ways of doing progesterone capsules. One comes from yep. the regular pharmacy, you know, Walmart pharmacy or whatever. That only literally lasts in your body for six hours. And then we get oh. extended release progesterone from the compounding pharmacy, which yes. barely, yes. barely lasts for 24 hours. Okay. So I would know, but that's it. If it, let me tell yeah. you, if you start interrupting my sleep, that's not going to work. So yes. That, that's an easy thing. That's a self-correcting yeah. error, as we would tell our kids. And that'd that's be right. something easy yeah. to modify if I started noticing, mm, this yeah. isn't working for me. And, um, and that sometimes happens. Let's what, talk, we, what we I was just going to say, what we sometimes tell, if, if you don't feel good when you try to do it five days in a row, we sometimes tell women to skip one day a week, like skip Sundays or something like that. Again, we don't really know if it makes a difference, but it's okay. a way it, It's worth a try. Now, uh, some other, um, so th this is what I have to do the math with. You're not really estrogen dominant during some of this, but that's a term that's used. But right. is it sometimes just the ratio is out of balance between yes. estrogen and testosterone? Right. Well, it's estrogen and progesterone, really, that we're talking about when we talk about estrogen dominance. Okay. So it could be that your progesterone goes down and or it could be that your estrogen goes up. Because sometimes as we're going towards menopause, estrogen actually goes up before it goes down. A lot of times it goes up and down and up and down and up and down. Um, but also for some women, because of toxins in the environment and lifestyle habits and gut health problems, they don't clear the estrogen properly. So these either the unnatural toxic chemical estrogen-like, you know, chemicals in our system, or we're not clearing estrogen. So sometimes estrogen is high, sometimes progesterone is low, and sometimes both at the same time. Um, and that gives us the estrogen dominance that gets in the way of how our thyroid hormone functions, for one thing. Yeah. And so by helping to clear estrogen from our system and replacing progesterone, we can make that better. When you're in menopause, then the way that you would become estrogen dominant is if we're giving you too much estrogen replacement and not enough progesterone replacement, or okay. if your body's not effectively clearing the estrogen that we're giving you. So then it's a dosing problem. So you really then can't just do an estrogen or estradiol replacement that, that kind of all work hand in hand, correct? Yeah, you know, and... Even we've, we're really focusing in talking about the hormones here, but we need to put the hormones in a healthy body. So we want you to have a healthy gut because gut health is important for how you metabolize hormones. We need you to have good liver detox pathways so you can clear the hormones out of your system. We need you to have good lifestyle habits, eating the nutrient foods that your body needs and getting enough sleep and moving your body. All of those things are very important to how these hormones are going to work in your system. So we want to look at this as a holistic approach. The hormone replacement prescription, that's the icing on the cake. Um, and so it's really important to do this whole person approach when we're talking about it. I heard Jen Stevens, whom I call the mother of intermittent fasting, just re I heard her interview you and that's how spawned yeah. my interest in your social media is great. I'm putting your book and everything, um, oh, in you. the yeah. show notes and your social media had to get in touch with you. Um, but I heard her saying she was on with Tim Spector and they were talking about fasting, of course. And, you know, she knows the science of fasting, but she said what's interesting is as she's approached menopause and now she's on bioidentical hormone replacement therapy, according to her public statement, you're not violating any HIPAA by agreeing. Right. But she did say that though nothing has changed in her fasting regimen, she's 53, I think she said now, nothing has changed in her fasting regimen. Her waist gained an inch this last year and her fasting insulin came up. So yes. isn't that interesting that even though I'm on the straight and narrow, I'm a long time intermittent faster, I feel like I'm doing all the right things. You can still get hung up by just the aging body, so, even though you're doing everything right. So common that for women, as we go through menopause and our hormones go down, insulin resistance picks up 
we gain more weight around our waist. Estrogen's the one that gave us our waist and now our waist goes away. But women typically gain on average 20 pounds as they go through this menopausal process. And they find that all those things that used to work for weight loss are just not working. Like I cannot even begin to tell you how many women come into my office and say, I am doing all the things I am exercising. I am eating right. Like these, nothing is happening. It is so frustrating. And then it makes it really hard to keep on doing all the right things when they're not working. You just feel like, well, the heck with it. I'm just going to eat a hamburger. Then how do those women mitigate I mean, I always say intermittent fasting is the solution. But if the queen of intermittent fasting said her insulin came up, do you think then the bioidentical hormone replacement therapy helps mitigate that? Yes, absolutely. So, you know, you can't you can't have bad lifestyle habits and go on bioidentical hormones and expect that weight is going to magically disappear off your rear end. But if you've got the good lifestyle habits and they aren't working, and then we can get your hormones back in balance, all of a sudden things work better. And now you can manage to get your weight, you know, back in balance. And the reality is, as we age, women sort of, we lose some of our figure and we get straighter. You know, like if you, if you look at an elderly man and an elderly woman from behind, they kind of look similar, you know, whereas, you know, a young man and a young woman, you can definitely tell even from behind who's the man and who's a woman. It's part of aging, you know, it is what it is, but the hormones make a really big difference. So if you are one of those people and you're doing all the right things and darn it, nothing is working for you, Hormone issues um, are probably the underlying factor and toxins. We live in this world where we're exposed to so many chemicals and a lot of those chemicals make us gain weight. They mess up our hormones. So that's another factor. Well, she wrote a whole book on it. <laughs> Please. She sure did. Yes. To address it. Um, I heard doing Dr. Yeah. yeah. I heard Dr. Hyman say in a podcast that a 65 year old woman looks the same as a 65 year old man because of you know, a man gets a belly and loses hair. Well, so will a woman in yeah. mid sixties if if their hormones aren't replaced, right. that they start looking like. So that that's a real good analogy. Yeah. The young couple you can tell who they are, and the older couple you can tell who they are. Yeah, and for men, their testosterone level goes down and their estrogen level goes up. So now, if you take like you know an elderly couple, the man's estrogen level actually might be higher. Then the woman's <laughs> estrogen level. Oh, no, that's bad. Well, in fact, I have a client right now who um, he has tender breasts and nipples. He has night sweats. And, you know, wait. Sounds like PMS. Like, yeah, I'm not kidding. I said, well, it sounds like you're going through manopause, andropause. And they mm-hmm. sent him for a mammogram. And I said, has anyone talked to you about your male hormones? Nope. Well, he's going to somebody now, but I just think, are they deaf? The guy's 61. Yeah. You know, again, in medical school, these, all these things that we're talking about today, they're not really talked about. We learn about diseases. So like if you have a tumor in your ovary or whatever, right? But so for men, (sighs) testosterone levels go down, but often what happens, especially if men are obese, like a lot of belly fat, or if they're a diabetic and they've got a lot of inflammation in their body, they take the testosterone and flip it over to estrogen. So now their testosterone's low and their estrogen's high. And then sometimes their doctor might measure their testosterone level, especially if they go in and ask for it. And we're seeing this huge epidemic of even young men with low estrogen these days because of stress and toxins and lifestyle habits and all the things. But but the regular doctors might measure a testosterone level. And if it's low enough, I mean, they make it like, so it has to be way off the deep end before they address it. But if it's low, they'll give more um, testosterone, right? Some kind of testosterone replacement therapy. But then if the man's just flipping it over into more estrogen, they never really get the good results. The estrogen just piles up. They don't feel good. So we, for men, just like for women, we need to be looking at testosterone and estrogen and LH, which is the hormone from the brain that tells their body to right. make testosterone. Like there's a whole panel that we need and we need balance. For men and for women, what we really need here is balance. Could a man do... He wouldn't do a Dutch test, though. That's mainly yes. for female hormones. Oh, no, could? we can oh. do Dutch tests for men. And that's a really important thing, especially for men who are flipping their testosterone over into estrogen. Okay, It helps us understand yeah. the why so that we can put the right treatment into place. 
I could talk to you for another week, but you have a family who needs you. Aren't you mom to like four boys? I have four boys, yes. How old are they? They're older now. So just as of this year, I'm an empty nester. So I've survived. (laughs) I know. I know. That's great. I love because my hormones, I told my husband this the other day, I said, because my hormones were replaced um, optimally for me. I love this season of my life so much. Grandmother, you know, empty nester, my kids are in and out because there there were some long days in those perimenopause and during menopause when I didn't have the right team, you know, the the right, like a football player, I didn't have the right helmet or pads or anything. Yeah. I was out there all by myself, I felt like. So uh, I love what you do. Thank you so much. Like I said, all the information in the show notes and you keep making America's hormones happy because you're America's <laughs> happy hormones doctor. Thanks for listening to the Lisa Fisher Said Podcast. Be sure to hit subscribe and download all the episodes and leave a review, won't you? The Lisa Fisher Said Podcast is produced by ClantonCreative.com.